Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Back in 1923, a guy in Norfolk, Virginia called T. Parker Host founded a company. He called it T. Parker Host. A hundred years later, in 2023, the company relocated the bulk of their operations to Jefferson Parish, to what used to be known as the Avondale Shipyards, and renamed it the Avondale Global Gateway. The new name is really no exaggeration. It is now a global gateway. The facility is set up uh, kind of like a food court with individual vendors operating independent dock and shipping-related businesses. Host itself employs uh, around 450 people. Most of them are in Louisiana. What do all these folks do? Well, when a ship ties up at Avondale, or any one of 93 ports in the US, Host takes care of everything, from the legal paperwork and logistics, of getting cargo on and off the ship, to repairs and maintenance, restocking groceries, crew changes, and 101 other things in international business and floating community needs. The Chief Financial Officer of T. Parker Host is Matthew Mancheski. Matthew, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. You can find a similar food court style arrangement of businesses at the other side of New Orleans, out in the east at Michoud. That's the home of the NASA Michoud Assembly Facility, where NASA is building rockets that will take astronauts to the moon and Mars. It's also home to a bunch of other space-related businesses, among them Boeing, Lockheed Martin, and a company called Vivace. Vivace is an aerospace company that designs and manufactures cryogenic propellant tanks. They make two kinds of tanks, small ones and big ones. The small ones are used on space vehicles, satellites, rockets, and, and some missiles. The big ones are the structures used to build space stations. The general manager of Vivace is Vaughn Hart. Vaughn, welcome out to lunch. Good morning. Matthew, can you start by giving us a kind of dummy's guide to shipping? Let's take a random sample, a ship loaded with containers filled with cargo sailing from China to the U.S. If most of that cargo is headed for southern states, I'd imagine the ship would want to dock in Miami, Houston, Charleston, or New Orleans. How does someone at T. Parker Host or the Port of South Louisiana convince that ship to come to Avondale? Uh, sure. So uh, maybe we'll switch that from a container ship to a uh, a break bulk ship. Which okay. uh, think of uh, think of that as instead of containers, it's uh, large blocks of metal that need to be moved with a uh, with a forklift, for example. Okay. So, when I see coal, for instance, going down. So coal river. would be a bulk yep. ship. Um, we have a separate facility in the lower uh, in the lower Mississippi in Plaquemines Parish that uh, is a good export facility for for coal and uh, and Petco commodities. So um, those are things get that get scooped rather than uh, than moved by a forklift. So uh, we do handle some uh, some bulk commodities at uh, Avondale as well. So. Part of, uh, part of the value proposition for Avondale Global Gateway is that we, uh, we really are uh, at the heart of logistics. And really, it's about being able to move these types of cargo in a, in a much more efficient way. So it's a, it's a value proposition for our customers. Uh, it's the ability to 
bring the cargo in. So we have a deep water dock, so we can hand, we have 50 feet of draft with across five docks. We can handle up to five ships, a, a barge dock to to supplement that. So a ship comes in, we can offload it. We are stevedores also by nature. That's the folks that bring the cargo off of ships and, and onto other modes of transportation. That's good. I've always wanted to know what a stevedore uh, it's was. A, it's a crazy. You know, they, unless yeah. you're in it, you don't know, right? No, um, no. And you've sold me, by the way. I'm. And, uh, yeah, it was a good sales pitch. I'm, so yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a fascinating uh, uh, career path too. Um, the uh, so the idea is uh, the ship would come in and we offer uh, you know fascinating access to really. Uh, almost the entire rest of the United States and provinces up in Canada. So the entire Mississippi, uh, we can barge uh, all of these goods up through there, right? So these big ships can't really get past Baton Rouge. They have to stop uh, in the lower Mississippi if they want to then get up into the Midwest, for example. Or we have direct rail access with, uh, with the Union Pacific, which also has access to connect the other Class 1 railroads. And so we can so move all that cargo. you're in a great spot. We are. It's a... It's yeah. a and, and 275 acres that allows for in 1.2 million square feet of indoor storage. So we can store these goods indoors and outdoors and, you know, fabulous access to all forms of transportation. And it's, a, it's really about doing it uh, economically and cost efficiently for our customers. Now, Vaughn, in keeping with the dummies theme, let's start with the dummies guide to rocket tanks. There are presumably a number of companies that launch satellites and rockets, but I would think that number is pretty small. If you're a salesperson for Vachi, you could presumably call on all your potential clients in a day. Actually, how many clients do you work with, and are there a bunch of rocket scientists in the U.S. making tanks, or y'all basically it? Uh, so there are a bunch of rocket companies making tanks, um, our competitors. Um, we happen to build a very unique design that we developed over the last 17 years that is lighter and stronger than most. Um, and so we're positioned uh, very well in at least our what we call our composite overwrap tanks. Those tanks come in two flavors. One is called a pressurant tank, holds an inert gas, and typically that pushes the fuel into an engine or a thruster. Um, and then there's one called a propellant tank that holds a fuel that usually has, but they're a propellant management system in the bottom of it. So they're a bit more complicated, operate at lower pressures. You know what I think people are probably thinking right now is that in the space shuttle program, we had the external tanks that were built over there, but that, that long since uh, left. That's right. So that, that the external tank um, was built using a technology or started to become, it's called friction stir welding. And that's friction stir welding is a, a, a welding method where you uh, use a pin that melts the two metals together, right? And so we use that technology on our large tanks and hypersonics. Hypersonics are a little smaller. Um, the large tanks that we're building now are primarily for human spaceflight landers on the moon. Um, this has become a big thing in today's uh, world. Um, there's lots of players in the market. We expect to see that number drop precipitously as as com competition kicks in. Um, in the rocket business, um, the rocket business has become dominated by two or three different people, right? Uh, Blue Origin, ULA, um, uh, uh, what's it? oh SpaceX and um, and these this that's becoming more of a commodity that we use and so our primary focus is on building technology in the future and now that's uh, either satellite uh, missiles um, hypersonics and moon landers we have several moon landers we have one that just land went up and didn't make it 
um, but that our tanks were on that one. We are on two of the three different, what they refer to as CLIPS programs for landing on the moon. So we're hoping to be the first tank to land on the moon in over 50 years. But, wow. but basically the rocket business is, is be turning into a commodity and you're seeing all these ancillary businesses take up the market space to build other um, interesting commercial endeavors. You know, right? when you meet people, do you start with, I'm a rocket scientist? I don't. No, that, um, because that is ridiculous. You're making yeah, a huge yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, I'm a, I, so nowadays I, I uh, work with the CFO almost every day, and my job is a little bit different. I worry str about strategic direction and um, making sure our investors are happy. So. And Matt, I've always heard that, you know, uh, where we are in Louisiana, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, is mainly bulk, and seems like the world might be going more towards container. Is that accurate? I, there, there is an element where there is a, a large uh, part of the commercial trade that is containers. It's a very uh, vibrant trade. It's, uh, but there is a massive space uh, with still bulk and break bulk commodities. Uh, it's fascinating if you if you were to go out to Avondale Global Gateway today. We'd always. Uh, yeah, I'll certainly invite you there. We have uh, you know, probably 100,000 tons of uh, material. It doesn't go, doesn't move in containers. It moves, you know, it just becomes more efficient to put it in non-containerized. Trucks. Uh, uh... So no, it comes in, so the ship itself is a bulk or, uh, you know, type ship, right? So instead of it having lots of containers on it, it literally will have the commodity itself stored, um, you know, basically stacked. And some things aren't, they're odd shaped and they don't store well in, uh, you know, in uh, in containers. So they come in these large ships. It's a class and commodity of ship in and of itself. And that's where we come in. We're not a container port. We're not, uh, we're not attempting to play in that space. And quite honestly, we envision Avondale Global Gateway to be something greater than, you know, this marine terminal that we have carved out. And, you know, we, while we move over a million tons of cargo through that terminal, you know, in 2023 and in 2022 alone each year, um, you know, we envision this more as that industrial park, that food court you reference, and and really drive uh, new new industries to to the New Orleans region that haven't been here before. Um, and in and of themselves, they bring their own unique commodities and volumes to our docks and to our facility. We definitely need it. The, um, Vaughn, you, I love people that kind of have a shift in their career, and you were originally a chemical engineer, right? And and then you went over to um, aerospace engineer. I think that's that's pretty interesting. And it's not like you, you know, after chemical decided to open up a chain of Mexican restaurants or whatever, <laughs> I and mean, they're related, but um, what made you do that? Um, primarily uh, innovation, I think. I started working at a, a small company when I came out of grad school um, for chemical engineering, and it uh, was quickly bought by a big firm, and I decided I didn't like that, and so I, went and it was during that startup period in the 90s and I went and worked for two startups and didn't make my millions so I'm still at it. Went to work for Lockheed Martin for 20 years uh, and then as uh, I was moving back to Colorado, I'd moved down here and um, and so in that endeavor, in that 20 years, I did a lot of, uh, uh, of I was introduced to the aerospace world, right? Um, then a guy got wind of who I was and what I was doing and hired me um, as they were packing my house up to leave, actually. And um, so I ended up deciding to stay in, in New Orleans, where it's my first love, right? And um, and I've been here ever since, uh, hanging on by our fingernails, building a company, right? And it's one of the most uh, 
fascinating things I've done in my career. You know, hard, but fascinating. Matt, the, um, what about your story? I mean, uh, you were a few places. You were, see, you were uh, financial officer at Children's Hospital. That seems to be a big swing. I was controller there uh, back uh, that's a number of years ago. I'm uh, getting all these days. It's probably 15 years ago. And then uh, actually went through uh, the Tulane's uh, master's program. And then following that endeavor, um, went to Tidewater, so oil field services. Um, that was uh, an interesting journey of financial roles and uh, operational roles. Wound up, uh, you know, overseeing a lot of their operations uh, uh, internationally. Lived a couple places internationally. As a, so it's been a fascinating journey that combines, uh, you know, that ability of being able to understand the business and the operation. And I think that really complements, uh, you know, being a, a good CFO. Um, and, and Matt, I would, I would think you, when, for instance, when you were at Tidewater, that's a publicly traded company, and... Uh, it's a different animal. I mean, there's certain things you can't say that, you know, it's the public markets. Uh, what about working for a big um, company like you do now that's a private company? Is it easier? Or? Uh, it, it's different, right? It's different. Uh, it's, it tends to be more entrepreneurial, I find. Uh, I, I've always said I don't think I would survive in a large company. Uh, Tidewater, I think, in many ways was a, uh, though publicly traded, it was a, uh, you know, it was a large, small company. Um, it, it still had very much a very small, cohesive uh, nature to it. I thought it was a, it was a great experience. I, I think I would get lost in a big conglomerate, right? I don't, um, those, those types of atmospheres I think would be very difficult. So it was very natural to move into a company like Host that is, uh, it's very quick moving, it's nimble, it's entrepreneurial. Uh, and, and that I can appreciate because, uh, you know, it's, it's no fun building kingdoms, it's fun building a business that's profitable. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Matthew Mancheski from T. Parker Host. They coordinate moving commercial ships in and out of the U.S. And Vaughn Hart from the aerospace company Vivace. They make tanks for satellites, rockets, and space stations. We'll continue our conversation when we come right back after this short break. Support for Out to Lunch comes from Adata Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Matthew Mancheski from T. Parker Host, who coordinate moving commercial ships in and out of the U.S., and Vaughn Hart from the aerospace company Vivace. They make tanks for satellites, rockets, and space stations. Vaughn, um, I want to jump to a, a special situation that you guys had. You had a, um, this seems incredibly tense, but you had a customer that wouldn't pay you, and then they turned around and um, tried to do a hostile takeover of you. I mean, that's big stuff. And the thing that got me right off the bat was your employees didn't leave when you couldn't pay them. So we've fostered an environment where we believe that our sort of motto has changed the world. And that's really, we believe that that means in your local community, in your small business, you pay people well, give them good vacation, that you treat them with respect and dignity, you keep them interested in what we're doing. What we're doing is extremely interesting and really hard, right? So the people that you have are solving really hard problems. And it turns out that that inspires people, that innovation, that, that incubator that you can create. Um, it was the Takeover was probably the hardest thing we've ever dealt with. We went, we're 17 years old and privately owned. 
by uh, Dave and Roberta Cochran, um, who are my boss, and they're excellent. And we stayed up for, I think, three or four months, it seems like, fighting this battle, and we beat a mammoth in the industry. I can't mention their name, right. wouldn't be appropriate. However, um, it's uh, not without wounds, right? Um, and so, but the, the thing, the point that people should understand is if you really believe in something and really stand up for it and you have a good product um, and your cus our customers didn't leave, our customers actually paid us, right, to stay alive, right? Our employees didn't leave for six weeks, right, where we were tr struggling to pay them. We did lose 10%, right? Um, people had to pay mortgages, but it's a testament to that if you build something that's strong, that has good bones, that people want to be a part of that. And people love South Louisiana too. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> can't really beat this place, right? So, Matt, what is, uh, it's a new operation over there. It's the facility we know and such, but what do you, what do you think five, 10 years from now that all looks like? You know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see the next five to 10 years. I, I envision it being this, uh, this, uh, this terminal we've created that, uh, puts through, uh, at that point, it'll be a couple million tons of cargo, but that's gonna be supplemented with, uh, with uh, some folks that are building wind blades uh, that are on campus and growing their business in that entrepreneurial sense. Um, that, uh, and with them, they have the rotor manufacturer that eventually comes to help build these offshore wind turbines. And, you know, our folks that are, uh, you know, uh, refining food grade products on site and some of their key vendors that are also there and our construction materials uh, folks and, and building precast uh, sections of bridges that's what I see in in 10 years for for Avondale and just growing that ecosystem of businesses around these industries that that really haven't existed in in the New Orleans region but are ultimately there because Avondale provides such a valuable uh, you know, proposition for them to enhance their logistics, to pull cost out of their own system, to make their entrepreneurial enterprises profitable and valuable. And Vaughn, kind of a, a similar question. You're in a facility that kind of everybody knew about, and now, you know, we know there's, today we know there's you, and then um, and there's a few others. What, what will that facility look like? So, like, um Matthew was talking about the greatest thing about being at MAF at Michoud Assembly Facility is that it's it's an incubator. It's all, the things are already there with the NASA infrastructure. So you can leverage that into being able to do things that you might not be able to do in other regions of the country. We have 47 acres of, uh, of warehousing building underneath the, uh, the roof. Um, so And that's a lot, that's right? That's got to be yeah. the biggest and, there is, right? I mean... Yeah, then there's a... Ma the SLS rocket is being built there. I don't know if it's the biggest there is, but... Uh, there, Lockheed Martin is building the crew module. Um, there's a Blade Dynamics is just moving out of there, but uh, there's um, there's a ton of opportunity there, and it's the talent pool, right? And that's really what our con concentration is, is is increasing that talent pool through UNO, Tulane, LSU, um, and other regional colleges and university settings to try and um, bring them in and keep that in Louisiana. Uh, but it is, in essence, having that facility there 
allows you to do all sorts of extra things because you have that infrastructure, you have that port, right? You have all of the things that you need. We're the only, we have the deep water port off the intercoastal, so we can build big uh, rocket parts and ship them off, right? Um, we're not interested in building rockets, we're interested in building the parts. And, um, but so, I mean, it's the same sort of thing. We're very lucky to have that place. Um, that allows us to incubate and create new ideas. And can yeah. you find the labor you need? So we do, right? It's a little bit harder. Um, we are very much um, hiring veterans um, lately um, through some of the uh, skill bridge programs, some, some of these programs that you can get with the Air Force and Army Marines. Um, we found that they're a, a very big resource. I am committed to our, our team being remaining very diverse, um, that diversity across all different things that you could call diversity. Um, veterans are often overlooked for the knowledge that they have, but in airspace, they know how to fix a helicopter. They can do some of the, the uh, repairs that we need on our tanks, right? It's all kind of the similar technologies, but yeah, we, we struggle with it a bit, um, but we bring young people in um, and, uh, and we train them up, right? And they don't leave, um, which is good because somebody needs to take my job one day, right? And hopefully um, they're, uh, they're in, in, the, in the pipeline, you know? And I, uh, you once said that um, when you got there, it was uh, four people and a bottle of wine. That was how we started, around a table just like this one. Um, we were drinking a bottle of wine and we didn't know how to build the tanks that we ended up, we created a very innovative, we built some of our tanks without any, what they call internal tooling. And that's, I realize a little bit technical, but, um, and we had no clue, but it turns out with a bottle of wine and four engineers, um, you can come up with uh, some really good ideas. And that tank is the precursor to our, our entire business, right? And um, it's just an idea that you take with and run with and put a lot of effort into. And, but that is how we started. Um, <laughs> it's uh, no See, pizza, though. If our staff sat around with a bottle of wine, I don't think we would get that kind of uh, well <laughs> result. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was four people in a bottle of wine, so we didn't get, you know, if we reached, uh, and it was at night, so it was a little better. <laughs> giving away too many details. They, uh, Matt, you um, have to deal with a lot of regulations and such, and um, I read somewhere that uh, the facility is in Devant. Is that how you pronounce that? Devant is is carbon neutral. What 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 is carbon neutral? I don't. So carbon neutral essentially takes uh, all the emissions you create as part of uh, the, uh, the the day to day operation. So think about uh, running the you know large fixed equipment, the machinery, the the bulldozers, and the front end loaders and trucks and so forth. And it, you're essentially assigning its. Uh, it's a carbon footprint to that. So it's expected discharge and so forth. And then you're evaluating, uh, you know, we have massive amounts of, for example, uh, uh, you know, land around as a, uh, you know, as a buffer zone, mm -hmm. for example. And, and so it's really evaluating your, your positives in terms of, you know, what, what kind of sucks in, you know, uh, the, the carbon uh, dioxide and what, uh, what produces it and, and ultimately, uh, you know, kind of does, it's a math problem effectively, right? And so it's becoming a somewhat more uh, mature industry in terms of how that carbon neutrality ultimately derives itself. But, you know, we, we pride ourselves on the fact that we always look to uh, do things as efficiently and responsibly as possible. We try to see ourselves as good corporate citizens, whether that's uh, with, you know, with good hiring practices. I, you know, it's, 
certainly uh, you know appreciate if we can get uh, everybody to work uh, without pay for six weeks. That's a that, that's a. <laughs> Your I, results be I, different, but we, um, that that would be a difficult one for uh, for most companies. So, okay, congratulate. We're a lot taller than you guys are too. So. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's uh, but all that but all that plays into it. It's being uh, it's being responsible not only to your employees, uh, your customers, and uh, and uh, and the environment as well. Yeah, that's actually what drives your value proposition, right? Is being able to do those things, right? Because your customers appreciate it. If you can lower their margins, right, then they can give you more work in theory, right? If you have good employees, they tend to work on the weekend when they need to, right? Um, and I think that you know, setting up these good stewardships with, between your company, the local community, and, um, and the employee base is essential to being successful anywhere, right? Um, you don't have to step on the backs of the poor, so to speak, to, turn, to have a successful company. Right, you can do these things in an ethical, moral way. I want to bring in all those kids that are coming out of Delgado. Yep. I've been working with Delgado to try and bring in these kids that uh, will work uh, till their fingers fall off because they really want a career. They want to be able to have a family, own a home, have somebody that mows their grass, right? Um, and we try to give them that opportunity, right? Now, they, some of the technical stuff does take uh, PhD level type uh, knowledge, but um, the um, but for the most part, you can train people to do anything. We also don't require people to have a degree to work with us, right? I've made a fundamental rule that no, if they show the passion, if they do the right things, if they're doing the job, then they can move their way up, right? Um, and I think that that's kept a lot of them here too, yeah. right? So. And Matt uh, answered the question about what uh, that shipyard, the old shipyard is going to look like five to ten years. What do you think yourself? Will you? In terms of products, do you do you think you'll broaden out a little bit? Absolutely. One of the problems, or it's both a problem and a good thing, um, with having an investment partner is now they want to grow the business and they want to grow us quickly, right? Um, so we are moving into other sectors. We have our business development group uh, has tripled in size. Um, we're putting a lot more effort into that. We're going to be going more into government type contracting. Um, we'll also be going into uh, um, some all sorts of different maritime, um, not in the same sense as you guys, but uh, uh, applications. And so we see our growth to be, um, we're 60, 70 people right now, somewhere in there, I should know the number. Um, however, uh, we're, we want to be 300 in two years and, and, and kind of I'd like to retire around 500. Um, and uh, but I mean, we see that there's potential growth here. It, we're right in this great spot to do these things. And we just need to get into some of these other sectors, and we're we're working towards that. So, right. am I right in that some of your customers are private companies? Would the other be the government side? We have no government customers right now. Um, all of our customers are commercial space, civil, uh, some some other types of space, um, and um, both in hypersonics. Um, moon landers, um, satellites, uh, and rockets. Those are small rockets, uh, and um, those are our big places. The things we'd be moving into would be some maritime applications for submarines. Um, a lot of the things that take these kind of tanks um, or the technology that is in this tank can be reapplied to other solutions. Um, and some of the government work, too, would be uh, um, uh, services where you're actually helping them do a job, whether that's program management, systems engineering, those types of things. So. See, what a good show this is. You now know somebody in Maritime. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
All local business stories are not created equal. There are some high-flying tech stories about someone who dreams up a new app that changes everything like Hamper, the Uber of laundry. And there are more prosaic but nonetheless fascinating success stories like Fat Boy's Pizza who make the world's biggest pizza created right here in Metairie. And then there are the truly stupendous stories of local companies that most of us have probably never heard of but who are doing extraordinary and impressive things. Companies like 100-year-old T. Parker Host that plays a vital role in international shipping and Vivace a relatively new company that is playing an integral part in mankind's future in space. Matthew and Vaughn, we're glad you're both here. Thanks for helping define New Orleans and Louisiana's 21st century economy. And thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you. you. Yep. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Matthew Mancheski, Chief Financial Officer at T. Parker Host, and Vaughn Hart, General Manager at Vachi. We edited the show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Matthew's ocean-going ventures and Vaughn's intergalactic exploration by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Amy Irvin. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.